Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. do this, grab your Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. If it's your first time with us, one more time, we just want to let you know we're glad you're here. Amen. So would you let our first time guests know you're glad they're in the house this morning with us? Come on. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Don't forget, we, uh, if you're a version Bible app user, you can actually go on that app right now and um, you can click on the more section, then events, and you'll find a live event taking place, and um, it's the notes that I'm sharing with you today and the passages that I'm, I'm giving you, his word, and so love that. And so if you would, you can save that. It will disappear into the cloud out there somewhere in, in about six days, so I encourage you to save it. But Ephesians chapter 6, this is the last time I'm going to be reading this passage in this series. And um, so in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, foundational passage that we've been kind of just studying together in this series called Warfare. And so verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God. The armor of God. The armor of God. I can't do that. But uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Come on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having shod having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication For all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Look at your name until I'm in. Speak boldly. Come on. Amen. Let's pray and talk to Daddy one more time, and then let's look at this word. God, thank you today for what you have done in this house, Lord. God, we honor you, and we honor your presence in this room. God, we ask that you'll speak to us clearly today. God, may our hearts be open to receive your word, Lord, and may you just fill today this house with your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Before I kick off and before I end this um, final message in this series, just want to let you know we're kicking off a brand new series next Sunday, the Sunday before uh, Christmas. It's a special time. It's going to be a series called His Name Is. And I'm telling you, man, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. And so the very first message next week is that His Name Is Emmanuel. 
And so that God is with us. And so I cannot wait. I hope you'll do this. There's people going to be open to coming to church around Christmas who may not be open the other times of the year. So I hope you'll invite them in to come in to hear about God being with us in the person of Jesus. And this series is going to be incredible. I can't think of a better way to end a year, go into a new year, than learning more about him and who he is and what his names represent. So I invite you to do that. Come be a part of that. And so uh, just, again, look at your neighbor and say, you can sit near me if you want to. I don't mind. You can sit near me next week. Amen. All right. So the final message in this series we have been in now for a while, and I love it. It's called Warfare. And so last week I gave you what some would call the final piece of the armor and in the armor of God. And we looked at the sword of the Spirit, and we learned that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And a few things we learned that, again, one of the words from word that we see in Scripture in the Greek is that word graphe. It's just the book itself. Again, how many knows this book can't do anything for you, again, if it's just sitting on your desk? Amen. It's not just a book itself, but inside of it, it is the logos. It's another word for the word, word. Amen. That's a big tongue twister. And so it is Jesus himself. It is the meaning behind it. It's the person. Of this, and it's powerful, amen. But how many of those again that word has to become real to you? And you have to open your heart to that. And we also learn the word that we see in Ephesians 6 is the word Rhema, and it is this it is the word that is declared from our lips, it is the word that we take and that we speak forth. And so, God has given us a sword for every situation. He has given us what we need. And so today, again, as we look at the final piece of what I want to call in the armor series, a very important piece, and it is in verse 18, and it's called praying in the spirit. Come on, somebody. Dun, dun, dun. Amen. <laughs> verse 18. Listen, it says it one more time. It says that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, so many pastors, I've seen this, and again, I don't think just like they're trying to neglect something or skip something, but typically they may end their series on the sword of the Spirit. They may not go into this important, valuable part that we need to see some scripture. And I believe this, I believe Satan loves it when this part of the scripture is not studied. I believe he loves it when, when, when pastors would end that series and say, man, our series is ending today on the sword of the spirit. We're kicking off something new next week and miss this. And I believe it is very possible today that there are Christians being defeated because they don't understand this valuable piece of armor that God has given us called praying in the spirit. Now, it's important. Now, I see something in verse 17. Now, it's a pretty cool thing. It's, it's called, at the end of 17, there's a little piece there called a, a punctuation mark called a semicolon. Now, my teachers in school really wish I would have took punctuation as serious then as I do now. I mean, I, grammar means a little more to me now. I studied a little bit deeper and go a little bit harder. But uh, listen to what a semicolon is. This is cool. It's a punctuation mark indicating a pause typically between two main clauses that is more pronounced than that indicated by a comma. So this is what this means. It means that the first part is a main clause. The second part is a main clause. And all this little punctuation mark is to show you that they go together and that these things must work hand in hand. And so today I want to go into the, the praying in the spirit part of this passage. And, and I'll say this, praying in the spirit may not be a piece of the armor, but it is the release of the armor. 
And it is the thing that's going to be a part of what is releasing these pieces in your life. And we're going to see God do something cool. And so we see things in the Bible. And that's what I'm going to look at today, Scripture. I I don't know how you've been taught about praying in the Spirit in the past. I don't know what someone has told you. But I love to look at what the Bible says. Amen? Ain't that cool? That's always good. We can't get that wrong. So Jude 1.20 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. This is how this happens. And so again, this is a building up of, our, of us. This is a strengthening to us. Does anybody like, could use some more strength in their life? Amen? Come on. Amen. Could you money be used, be built up? I've seen like people take that passage, mess it up and be like, praying in the Spirit just builds you up. Like that's a it's a bad thing. I've heard like, oh, sure. you know, like if somehow we're like going to elevate ourselves above Jesus or that just builds you up so you really shouldn't. And I'm going, whoa, 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 That strengthens us. That's what builds us up. That's what's preparing us. That's what's strengthening us to hold up the shield of faith, to put on that breastplate of righteousness, to go into this war. So again, this is something that he shows us. And so I want to do something. I'm going to highlight Three things in one verse today, in verse 18, which I believe is critical to this whole entire series. I want to give you just three things from one verse, and it's very, very important that we don't miss this. And the very first thing I want us to see is just simply this. Number one thing, when it comes to praying in the Spirit and using it in warfare, the number one thing that we need to do is this. Pray. You can't pray in the Spirit without praying. All right, so it's kind of like important. So this is huge, but again, so often overlooked. And this is what I love about praying. Anybody can do it. Everybody can do it. I know everybody can't play instruments and everybody can't sing and, and everybody can't maybe teach, or, but every person can pray. And I love it. And I've even seen this. Like people, enemy try, try to get in people's heads. So no, prayer is a spiritual gift. No, prayer is a spiritual discipline. Amen. And it is something that all of us can do, every person in this room. And so this is what happens. The weapons that he's given us, the armor that he has placed in our hands, the prayer is the thing that releases it. And it is the thing that begins to put it in action in our life. Martin Luther said it this way. He said, prayer is a strong wall, a fortress of the church. And it is a godly Christian weapon. Oh, man, that is it. That's what prayer does. Now, I, I want to go ahead and just, just free us up this morning because prayer is one of those things that it's very easy for the enemy to try to make us uncomfortable doing it. It just is. I, a lot of times, like on our Wednesday night teachings, we, we dig into the Word, man. We have a good time. And there are sometimes I'll say, hey, who wants to close us out in prayer? And we'd be a room full of people sitting there, man, who have been in the Bible, been spending time with God. And I'll say, who wants to close us in prayer? And they'd be like, Start looking around and, you know, that's so bad. Don't, don't make eye contact with the pastor. He'll call on you, man. Don't do it. Don't look at him. Amen. And I'm like, man, you just pray. You're talking to God. Everybody can do it. All of us have this opportunity. We can just pray and talk to him, every person here. And I, I'm going to be honest. There's sometimes, man, the enemy can make it uncomfortable. You have to press through it. I've been in the Amazon jungle preaching in, in, in I mean, huts and, and different places up the Amazon River, and, and it's wild. And I've said this, I, I find it sometimes easier to maybe pray in those situations than sometimes not praying with my own family, my own house. 
So let's just be honest, okay? It's okay to say that, but it's not okay to stay there, and it's not okay not to press through it and to do this. I meet with couples a lot, and there's so many couples that I meet with and who are going through situations, and I'm like, man, do you pray together? Some, most, say, well, we've never done that. We don't do that. Listen, we need to spend time in prayer. Dr. Cho, pastor of the largest church in the world, he said this. He said, when you realize that prayer is as essential to your life as breathing, you will begin to pray. Come on, man. It is as essential to your life as breathing. And I want you to just do something for me if you would. Just take a deep breath in and just hold that for a minute. Now, at the end of this message, I want you to let that out. Amen. Come on, we have to have a healing service in here for sure if we did that. Amen. All right, let it out. Breathe in, breathe out. You'll see that's so important. You're breathing in and out. So that's what prayer is, is for us. And this is what I love about Jesus. He modeled this for us. Amen. Jesus. And so it's wild that this Jesus that we talked about last week, he modeled again for us. We learned that it was, he said this to Satan. He said, it is written. And so he came against Satan with the word. And this is what Jesus used. And this is what Jesus also did. He prayed. He modeled this. He taught his disciples how to pray. And it's interesting that when Judas betrayed Jesus, he knew where to send the guards to find him. Because he knew where he'd be. Like, so, that, I mean, so I think about Jesus. I'm like, Jesus is like awesome and being teaching. And we see him in scripture like eating, being a real person and just hanging and doing stuff. You know, but he prayed. He modeled this. He lived this in front of us. And we see in scripture that God takes just regular, ordinary people, does miraculous things in their life and through them by one thing, praying. It's cool. Listen to this. In James chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was a bad dude, man. You read scripture. We, we study Elijah. Bad dude. He, he says this, though. He had a nature just like ours, but he did something. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Wow. Just a guy with a nature like ours said, you know something I need to do? Pray. He did it. He stepped into this. And so, again, we see situations. We see passages in the Bible just like this that show us when you pray, powerful things happen. When you do this, God does great things. And this is a part of our warfare. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 in the Message Bible. I love it. Message Bible is a paraphrase of Scripture, real easy to read. He says this. He said, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Listen, this is, this is so cool. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays, displaces worry at the center of your life. It's amazing. It's beautiful when we simply do this. And so listen, our, 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 our turning our worry into warfare happens when we do this, when we pray. So tell your neighbor, say, man, you need to pray more. I'm serious. Like, you need to pray more. Amen. All right. Now, second thing, this is cool. This is because the first one went tough enough. Make it harder. I won't make it just, just make it a little lighter on you for just one moment. Make it easy. He says to do this. We are to pray, number two, Always. 
You're like, Bro, Pastor, you had me. I was going like, to pray some, and I was going to spend some time with him. But, man, I can't. I can't do it. I'm too busy. I got too much going on in my life. But this is what he said to do. He said to pray always. Now, again, I know that's like a heavy load to carry if you didn't understand I, what I believe fullness is what he's really saying here. Because, listen, if, we, if it was like, I'm, I'm praying all the time. I'm like, I went around just, excuse me, I'm praying right now. Name of Jesus. I mean, that, that you would have just, hold on right now. Hold on just a minute. I know right now. You need your diaper changed, but in the name of God, I got to do. No, 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 listen. I, I want you to see something about prayer. It's just not something you just never stop doing, but it's something so crucial, and it's a part of your life that you do throughout every day. Now, this is, this is why I, I asked this of uh, Pastor Harry Ramey. He's one of our the ministers, retired ministers, a part of our church, and um, I love it. If you've ever heard him speak, he uh, is very just, just very monotone when he speaks. And he's just very serious when he says it, but it's always so cool how he says it. And I wish I could do it real well. I don't, but I try. Uh, This is what he said. I had a conversation with him one day. I was like, Pastor, I said, man, that's pretty heavy right there what the Bible says. That, man, we're like to pray without ceasing. How do you do that? And he always likes to just throw a question back at me. And this is what he said. He said, Pastor, do you eat without ceasing? I was like, let me think about it. Do you eat without ceasing? And I was like, wait a minute. And it just clicked. It's a part of every day. And it's just something that we are to do. It's just to be an ongoing part of our life. And it's something that we just spend time in doing. Now, I love it, though. We have like a, maybe like one of those good Sunday afternoon lunches. You know what I'm talking about? Those good kind. And, man, like you're full. You're feeling good. Angel has said sometime, man, I'm so full. I, I don't think I'm going to eat anything tonight. You know, maybe like popcorn, maybe just something real light. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm going I'm eating again, Jack. Amen. I'm full right now, but later on, I'm going to need to do this again. Amen. I want to do this. So this is just an ongoing part of our life. And so we see that. Look at the Bible. This is real cool. Again, Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 19 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Blake, that was a goes right along what God placed in your heart this morning, man. Give thanks to him, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And verse 19 says this, do not quench the spirit. I thought a lot of times that verse gets shared, but you see the context and how this is written. It's when we don't spend and have a lifestyle of prayer. It's when we don't spend time in worship and praise to him. And this word quench is an important word. This word quench means to do this. It means to extinguish as of a fire or a thing on fire. So this is what, this is what this, put this in perspective for us. Like we use terms like, man, that person, man, they're on fire for God. They're burning for God. And I love that, man, that we're called to be God's burning ones. We are to burn for him. We're to be on fire for him. And he says this, that these are the things that will quench that spirit. How many of you can't stop the spirit of God, but you can stop him from working in your life? Mm, come on. Oh, that was good. Amen. You can stop him from working in your life. And so he's saying that we quench the spirit, we extinguish the fire, and we see this direct connection. And it's like every time I'm talking to someone who's like maybe saying, Pastor, you know, I'm struggling right now. I'm weak right now. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm just kind of in a dry season or whatever terminology we want to use there. It's the same thing. I'll always ask a couple of questions. You'll just this how I'm going to do it. And I'll say, have you been in the Word lately? And I'll say this, have you been spending time 
God in prayer? Because those are the things that quench it. Those are the things that can extinguish the burning heart for God. And again, if you understand it, see it in this, this, this picture, a fire is something, again, that we enjoy when it's in the right place. Amen? Amen. When it's like in a fire pit or in your chimney where it belongs, in the fire pit. You, you gather around it, you enjoy it, but you don't do this all the time running around poking it. It's not you going around all the time just throwing wood on it. You set it up, you put it in place, and then you enjoy it. And you sit back and relax and throw your feet up and just spend time. That's what prayer does, man. You spend time with God. Then sit back and enjoy that. And then you throw wood in there again and just go back to prayer. You go back to God. So this is what we're called to do. Pray always. And so again, I hope you can see what it really looks like. So again, tell your neighbor, pray always. And the final thing he says to do is this, to pray in the Spirit. All right, now this is wild, man. And I, I, want, I want to dig into some stuff right now. Praying in the Spirit is, is a beautiful, incredible thing that God has asked of us to do. It's not scary. It's not weird. It's not like just like some kind of like crazy thing. I, I, I've been sharing my testimony through this series. And like I shared a couple of weeks back, man, I was saved at nine years of age. Heard the gospel and it became real to me. And at 12 years of age, I read the Bible through in 82, man. We did a campaign at our church, and I read the Bible through. Something else happened in 1982 that radically changed my life forever. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I came into it, and I had already been reading the Word. I had already been spending time with God, and I was in a church service one day, and I heard a guy get up and preach a message on the Holy Spirit, like I'm preaching a message to you today, and, and he began to talk about being baptized in the Spirit and about the realness and the fullness of this and what it can do in your life, the strength that it can bring. And at 12 years of age, I was like, man, sign me up. I want some of that. And at 12 years of age, the Holy Spirit baptized me, came into my life. And so, listen, I began to pray in an unknown tongue. I began to speak in it. And people are like, man, when it gets on these types of subjects, sometimes they're like, man, that's weird. It's crazy. And, I, and this, I've even heard this. This is true. I've heard it. Well, God's not the author of confusion. The Bible says that. And that's true. God's not the author of confusion. But listen, that means this. If you're confused, it wasn't God. That's what it means. It means like if, if you're confused about something, God didn't do that. Man somehow messed it up. Our understanding somehow kind of got it kind of messed up a little bit or whatever. So what does the Bible say when it comes to this? And as so I've taught series on this, messages after messages, so I could spend a lot of time in this. And, um, and I encourage you to go online and listen to those. But I want to highlight a few things as we close out this, this series and how important this is that we don't miss this. Praying in the Spirit is a gift that God gives to us, and it's for every one of his children. Every, every one. Now, you'll see it. The Holy Spirit divides. It gives gifts, and I've taught on gifts of the Spirit, and there are tongues and interpretation of tongues, things that are used in public worship settings, and there are things that go on, and those are all real. Those are all true, and we believe in every one of them, but this is something that every person can have. As a matter of fact, he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't say to us, after all these pieces of the armor come in place, then pray all the time in the Spirit if it wasn't something we're called to do. And so, again, he shows us here. So I just want to break this down. Again, I, there's a lot out there I could teach. I'm trying to summarize it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, great passage to read when it comes to studying some of these things. I'm going to pull out, just share some verses from, from 1 Corinthians 14, verses 2 through 5. It says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. 
All right, so if we're speaking to God, what is that? Prayer. Prayer. All right, so, we're, so first of all, tongues is being prayed and used in this setting. He's saying this. We're speaking to God. He says, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies, again, one of the gifts we see, again, incredible, he says, speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So, again, that's not a bad thing. It's not that strengthens, builds up. It strengthens you. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So, again, it's like, I mean, that like, if we come in here and I've, like, read the Bible this week, and it has strengthened me in my life. If I don't open it up and share it with you, that's not going to strengthen you. It's not. It's because, again, that's something I've done myself. I've spent time with God in the Word. But, again, I come here, we open it up, break it open, read it, spend time with it. But this is what he says about the Spirit. This is what he says about tongues. This is verse 5. and This is Bible. God says it. Verse 5 says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, it's not saying one's bad, one's good. There's, again, one that does something for you, one that does something for others. So cool. And it's just awesome. That's just such, such a good thing. So it's not confusing. And listen to what he says. Drop down to verse 14. This is awesome. He says, for I pray in a tongue, for if, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So what's praying in the spirit? Praying in a tongue. That's what this is. And so this is what he says. And he says, but my understanding is unfruitful. So I just, when I pray in the spirit, when I pray in tongues, and again, it's not weird, it's the Bible. It's not something that I'm understanding all the time. It's not. I mean, and again, I'm not getting fruit from that in that natural set of understanding, but in the spirit, ooh, some stuff's going on. This is warfare. This is something happening. And he says this, what is the conclusion then? Paul's awesome. He said, I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. So that means we should be doing both. That's what he says, I will. I'm taking time out of my day to pray in my language, my own, speaking things that I understand, but I'm also doing this. I will. It's a matter of us surrendering, a matter of us doing it, spending time praying in this way. And he says, I will pray also with understanding. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. That's so cool. Otherwise, if you're blessed with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Now, verse 18, listen to this. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So I've heard people actually say, that's evil. Don't do that. That's messed up. God doesn't. Guy who wrote two-thirds of this thing, man. Holy Spirit gave this to him. his word. God says this. This is awesome. And the Greek, you dig into that, it doesn't mean just tongues more than you all. It actually means more than all of you put together. Hands, that's how much, how much I believe in this. But this is what he would say. I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So it's not, again, making one bad, one good. It's what we do when we come in here. This is the equipping for what we go out and do. This is, again, showing us. Again, if I just got up here and I've heard people just, pastors just get up and just speak in tongues the whole time or whatever, and, and people's going, nothing. 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. You're leaving, you're scratching your head, and you're saying, man, what happened? But what can happen when I'm giving understanding when the Holy Spirit is speaking and releasing something in your life, we can get it. And it makes sense for us. And so verse 18, the Message Bible says it like this. It puts it so beautiful. I am grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that he gives us for praising him, which leads to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with him. And I enter into it as much or more than any of you. So this is something that we're called to do. Spend time. It's a piece of the armor. It's a release of the armor that God has given to each of us. And it's intimacy. It's spending time with him. So we should cultivate time. We should pull back, make time to pray in the spirit to release this. And we also see that this gift is a piece of warfare that God has given us to win against the enemy. I want to close with a story. Uh, I remember we were, we were in youth ministry before we planted church and before we were called to, to pastor this church. And so it, it was a while. We, I remember early on in our ministry, we used to take kids uh, trips with the kids, and we went to a water park in Atlanta called Whitewater Atlanta. I don't know if it's still there. I don't, I, I'm not sure. But we went there, a massive place. I mean, one of the largest water parks I'd ever seen in my life. And it was just incredible. Kids had a blast. We were having a good time. And like most of the time when we do ministry, our kids are a part of that. And so uh, Faith and Adam at that time is who we had. Uh, and Adam was like three years old when we were on this trip. And uh, he, he, during all the fun and excitement of us trying to watch a bunch of uh, young people, ours got away. I just leave it at that. Three years of age in the middle of the massive water park called Whitewater Atlanta, Adam goes missing. Now, I'm pretty low-key, pretty laid back. It takes a lot to get to me, man, but I could sense that moment, and I'll never forget that moment. And I remember Angel looking at me with this look in her face, and I probably was looking back at her the same way, and she's like, you got to go tell somebody. you gotta, you, gotta, you got to do something. And I remember actually running through the park, and I had found one of the security officers there. I ran and found the little shelter that they had. And I said, man, my son is three years old. He's missing. We don't know where he is. We've been looking. We cannot find him. They pulled every person out of the water. It was wild, man. It was, I was like, did they have their stuff together? It was incredible. Every person was pulled out of the water. He was nowhere to be found. We're running through the park. We're looking for him, or I was. And I ran across, and the completely other side of the park, I found my three-year-old son. And he was sitting there, and he was, he, he was with one of the young people, our youth, in, in our youth group at the time. He was with him. The guy's name was Chris. And he was with Chris, and he was sitting there with him. And I'm looking at him, and I'm going, buddy, man, what is, what was, what's wrong? He said, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> True story. And, uh, but I, I don't know if you know, this is, I actually found this. This is pretty awesome. I was looking through some old pictures the other day. If you would, we'll throw this up here. This was from that trip. There's Adam, if you would, and there's Faith uh, there in the background posing nicely as always. And, uh, and with him, that's actually Amanda uh, Coleman, one of, uh, you know, someone who's part of our ministry now, serves in our kids' ministry. She was in our youth ministry at the time. They're posing quite as well. And I want you to do something. I want you to zoom in, if you would, on, on Adam. I, I got another picture here. Look at that face. I figured out something I believe after this my investigative uh, resources. I, I feel pretty strong that from the look of his face, this is right before he got lost. He had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh man, that's cool. You take that off, Will. I'll just keep looking at my, I love my little youngest. 
But there was something else happening when I was running through the park. True story. I got a woman of God who believes in the power of God, who believes in praying in the Spirit. And in the water park, she drops to her hands and knees, throws her hands up to the Lord, begins to pray in the Spirit and do war. There were some people looking at her like, man, what's going on? But in that moment, listen, there was a mama doing warfare. And I believe, man, God was at work because there's no telling what could have happened that day in those moments and times that he was gone. But we have been given a gift, and she used that gift that day. And I, 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 I don't, nobody will ever be able to con- convince me any other way that, man, God didn't go to work in that moment. And that the Spirit of God was not activated as we, were, as we were there in that day and as we was praying in the Spirit. So I, I want today every person, every one of God's kids to have this gift. I mean, and I, I've talked to people and I've had conversations and people have asked me, I'm like, Pastor, can you believe, can you have the Holy Spirit if you don't pray in tongues? I believe that you, I believe yes. I believe you can have the Holy Spirit and not pray in tongues. But my question is this, why would you want to? Why would you want to have a gift and not be able to operate in fullness of it and use it? For, again, what we see here, as, again, that God has shown us in the Bible. And so this is something that God releases in our life. And in our first service, and any time, again, I've ever taught God's word on this subject, and when people's hearts are open, we see this happen. Every t- it's wild. People receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they begin to just release the gift that God's given them. Because of this, he's a good father. That's why. Not because we're good children. Because he's a good father. In the final passage this morning, and I, I read this early, the very last verse, but I want to read this to you in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Let this get into your hearts. He says this, and this, was, this is red letter. He says, so I say to you, ask. <laughs> it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? People say this stuff's evil or wrong. God, no, listen, not according to my Jesus. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil. Again, compared to him, we are. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What do I have to do? I have to work it up, and do I have to? No, you ask. And there are going to be parents, man, gather around the tree on Christmas, and their kids are going to come around, or family's going to come, and they're, they're going to open up gifts just simply because they're your child. We know they didn't do everything right that year. We know it. We were there and lived it. But there are children. You know what a good father does? Again, we're evil compared to him. Wants their children to have a good gift. So I'm asking if you would to stand with me, please. And oh man, what better way to end a series on warfare than stepping in and getting just literally receiving and giving the, the one of the greatest weapons that you can have in your hands, the greatest tools that God can give to you to place in your hands that you use to come against the enemy.
It's so beautiful. So I just want to ask you this right now. If you would, just take a moment right now. Just close your eyes. Just bow your heads right now. And if, if you have this, have done this, if, if you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit and you pray in the tongues, you pray in the Spirit, you have a prayer language that you pray in. Again, I, if you would, right now, just lift up both hands to God. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.